every single one of us are leaders in this bodybuilding community. And in Austin, at least, I mean, there's no one else even close to what we're doing um, in terms of the impact that we're having. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, The Grown Up Podcast. I'm Justin Manley. Today, I am joined by a very, very, very special guest. Some of you know her as the Slayer. Some of you know her as Emily Smith, but all of you will know her as a badass part of Team Mahaley after this podcast. I cannot wait to chat with you guys about what's inside. There is a ton of knowledge. And at the end, we both predict the way that we're going to die after this podcast. So stay tuned for that. As always, share us with your friends. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Get your notepads ready. You're going to want them for this one. I'll see you inside. So you were telling me, um, you were telling me a cool story. You listened from episode one, like all the way. Yeah. You've listened to every episode. Yeah. When you were listening to episode one, you like still liked me after episode one. You were like, yeah, like I want to fucking work with that guy. You weren't completely (laughs) repulsed. I'm still thinking about my decision. (laughs) (laughs) Three years later. (laughs) Yeah. The three year. Maybe tomorrow that'll pull the trigger. (laughs) Gotta pull the trigger. (laughs) Three. It's, it's three years in two weeks. The three year anniversary of the podcast. Is in two weeks. We have three and a half million downloads in three years. That's fucking ballistic. That's so cool, <laughs> dude. What? So you listened to the first episode. What'd you think? So I had already like been following you and what you were doing before you ever released like the podcast. Like yeah. I knew I wanted to hire you before the podcast even came out. Um, and like I was telling you before we started the podcast, um, I always knew I wanted to be a part of Team Haley. Yeah. Um, and I remember this like one distinct moment so well. I always listened while I was going on my walks and back in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, back in Auburn, Alabama. Auburn, Alabama. <laughs> Roll tide. War uh, Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> so um I remember listening and I was like, I already know I'm gonna be a part of Team Haley, but I really want to be like a leader within Team Haley. I want Justin to like know who I am. Yeah. And so it's just really cool to like be yeah. sitting here with you yeah. and just like the relationship that we've built since then is yeah. like insane. Life comes full circle. Huh? For sure. And it's cool. You know, one of my favorite things about you from day one, whenever you pick up a new athlete, you know, there's like a feel out process. And like the first couple months, it's like, is this person hyper responding at 80% or is this person truly following every single thing to a T to 100%? Like there's that trust growth period of like, look, I don't know you. You don't really know me, you know, like some of my work, but like it was very quickly because you came to me with some problems. <laughs> you came to me <laughs> with some some gut issues to say, you know, the the bare minimum. There was a lot of issues that was going on. And I remember you had this exorbitant amount of food intake, like huge. But like, dude, you weren't growing like at all. Like your my gut was growing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I explained this to um, an application the other day that reached out. He's like two hundred twenty pounds or so, good composition, um, not ready to compete. Needs by the end of the year he could compete, but he's eating like fifty two hundred calories a day. And I'm like, look, dude, and he has gut issues because everyone who's like when you're not hyper muscular you don't need to eat all this extra food. And 
we get into this thing where you were was like the coach you were working with. He, he's, he's a great coach. He, he's very, very, very good. So nothing taken away from him, but he was seeing, all right, you know, she's still not growing some more food. Okay. She's still not growing some more food. She's still not growing some more food and kind of missing some important biofeedback metrics that would have given the answer as to what was going on. So just like I talked to you, I was talking to this guy, obviously, you know, three years, a lot has changed in my approach of things. We need to pull down food. Your body's not using this. If you're eating 5,100 calories a day, or we can take your diet, for example, Emily's current diet is literally, I'm not kidding you guys. Her current diet is literally eat as much as you can. <laughs> like pancakes. I said, you had pancakes last, last night. night. Yeah. You had blueberry muffins for training. Yeah, I have two like, before training, two post-training. So that right there is like um, 300 carbs for four for four muffins. Is that about 300 carbohydrates, maybe 40, 50 fat? Yeah. Somewhere yeah. in there. I believe they're 20 fat each, like 75 carb each. Yeah, So yeah. And then you had your pancakes, and that was a good-looking stack. You had some maple syrup uh, with it. Good. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're pushing around 420 carb, maybe four. Well, with the syrup, probably 450, 60 carb. But you're growing. Your waist is staying tight. You're growing. Not every day is perfect with digestion. How how have you gotten into synchronicity with yourself to kind of auto-regulate digestion? Like, how have you learned to do that? What What are some things that you feel? What are some things that you implement when you're like, oh, shit, like, digestion's not going well? Because you have great synchronicity with it now. Talk to us a little bit about that. So the biggest thing when it comes to my digestion is staying in routine. Like I do not break my routine for anything. Every morning I get up, I do fasted cardio, I hit my steps, um, I take my greens, all of my digestive supplements, um, eat my pre-workout meal, go to the gym. Every single morning is the exact same for me. And I just think having that same routine every single day, no matter if I'm traveling, I still get up and follow that exact same routine. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that really helped me this offseason so far that I learned from you was if you're not hungry or like you can feel that you're backed up, there's no reason to keep piling food on top of meals that haven't already been digested. Yep. Like it's okay to not have a meal. It's okay to skip a meal. Yes. Like if you're in a deficit, say for one day, that's not going to like prevent you from growing. One day is not going to prevent you from growing. But one meal can if it's too much and now your digestive system is bogged down. Yeah. This is something I'm running into often with people at the end of the day is that last meal. The you know, you know how I like send out my protocols. I have the meal timing uh, video in there where I break it down for everyone. Like exactly what you just said. Hey, if you're not hungry, don't eat. It's all right to miss a meal. But like people get this robotic, you know, foundation of operations in the way that they're going about things and they'll hit that last meal when the previous one wasn't all the way digested. I want last meal like 90 minutes before bed in a perfect world scenario that's that's able to be done for a lot of people. It's not. But then they lay down. Our digestive system goes from our mouth out you know, to the other side. That's a vertical it's built vertically. The entire structure is vertical in nature. So as things move down the digestive system based on gravity, because the digestive system uses gravity as its ally to push everything through, we're going through these physiological processes of breaking down the food. So people are hitting this last meal where people are just putting on extra food on top of what's not digested, and then they lay down for bed. 
and you're laying down in a horizontal manner. Your digestive system is still using gravity, but gravity is keeping it in the same spot that it was. And then you wake up bloated and then you don't poop in the morning. And then That's now, the yeah, and now <laughs> it's affecting your mental. You're going about your day behind the eight ball already, but now here's the issue. You get up, your digestive system will still, you know, operate a little bit while you're sleeping, but like, Dude, the goal's sleep. The goal's not breaking down food. So it actually pulls you a little bit out of that REM state, right? It'll keep you in a sh more shallow operation of sleep, which inhibits some growth hormone responses, things like that. But now you wake up. You don't poop. Mental's off. Now we're a little bit anxious. Now we hit meal one. We're already behind. We hit meal one. And now the cascade begins. So I will say, and I... I know this is the reason why people are so afraid to skip meals because it used to be me is, mm -hmm. you know, I hit everything perfectly. Yeah. And I was like, I have to hit this meal because this is, this is my protocol. Like if yeah. I don't hit this meal, I'm not following protocols. So I think just being like super upfront with people and telling them that it's okay to skip a meal. Um, like when you told me that, that made me feel so much better. Just knowing that that was what you wanted Absolutely. me to do. Protocols, perfect protocol adherence is it's almost becoming more of an abstract in my world. It's okay. So how I view this is like in football, right? I, I, I know that you're not the biggest football um, fan in the world, but I mean, you literally grew up in Alabama. You had the easiest job of all time. Just <laughs> pick the crimson tide and life is easy. You win everything. I always choose the You went route. War Eagle, <laughs> and they suck. Like, they're garbage. <laughs> Anyways. All right, so in football, um, there's, like, route tree concepts for wide receivers. And so a lot of offensive plays, the wide receivers don't have set routes. They have concepts of this is where you need to end up on the field. And however you get there is by your – own doing and based on how the defense unfolds all that right so it's not like the receiver's just going point a point b the receiver has an abstract way of getting from the starting position to where their concept is on the field and i view protocols as that same situation perfect adherence isn't just point a to point b perfect adherence is understanding what's the concept that we want out of this for instance digestion so now how do we get from our starting point to the ending foundational point within this same concept, right? And the power of food is utilized in a manner of we can only use what is partitioned in our body, right? So everything we take in, some of it gets partitioned, you know, amino acids will go to muscle tissue, right? Um, carbohydrate glycogen is going to go into glucose and, you know, be stored as glycogen in the muscle of, uh, you know, fructose in the liver, uh, fatty acids and triglycerides, you know, all of that. So partitioning nutrients is our foundational principle here. Our goal with good nutrient partitioning means that anything that's excess is just oxidated. That's our goal, right? That it just gets burnt off. But we start the cascade of Oh, this meal was too late and the previous meal wasn't digested. Sleep, wake up, no bowel movement, anxiety, meal one. And now it's been three meals since we pooped. Like that's not a great place to be. If that's how your digestion set up, like that's okay. 
Like I have athletes who are like that, right? I have athletes who like have one bowel movement a day and five meals, right? But man, when you're eating a lot of food, when you're really pushing the envelope hard, we need that stomach to clear. We need the migrating motor complex to be operational in terms of pushing things out of our intestine. And why do we see so many cases of like SIBO happening now? Because that backup happens. There's only so much room in the gut. So now these food items are just sitting in our intestines with nowhere to go. That's not supposed to happen. There's not supposed to be just fermentation happening in our intestines. But the migrating motor complex resets every time food comes in, that timer resets. And, you know, it's supposed to go off every 90 minutes. So if you've had this meal, nothing happened. Then you have this meal before bed, nothing happened. Then you have your first meal in the morning, nothing happens. Dude, your migrating motor complex is really far behind. And now we can almost rest assured that there's food sitting in your intestines fermenting. And now we have bacterial overgrowth happening in our intestines. And dude, I mean, I know you know how many cases of SIBO I've worked with. And I believe we, we commonly see SIBO happening in women, but there's way more men. There's way more men that have SIBO. It's interesting about SIBO is men don't have, women have the physical showcase of, you know, that lower stomach bloat. Men don't have any of that. Like you can't look at a guy's pictures and see that he has SIBO. You have to like look at his cognitive operations. You need to look at the way he's partitioning nutrients. I told Thomas three months ago, I was like, dude, you have SIBO. Started taking apple cider vinegar, started implementing some things. And I remember about a month after that, he was like, hey, I feel better. You know how Thomas is. <laughs> hey, I meant to tell you, I've been feeling better. A month later. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was actually shocked that he did it. I was like, oh, damn, you remembered? Only because like, of me. Yeah, me. yeah. It was because you stayed on his ass <laughs> about it. But it's a huge problem in men um, that we see happening. So... You were one of my first severe digestive cases. And so I got to learn a lot from that. And now, you know, we have you on this diet, eating all this food. And every time you check in, everything looks better. Like everything looks so much fuller. And obviously, you know, the goal by the end of 2023 is to clearly have you as a bikini pro. I think, well, we're probably going to do nationals this year. Yeah, we're going to do nationals do this year. We're, just, we're <laughs> going to do nationals because you got that fat TM logo behind you on stage. <laughs> That'll be nice. <laughs> That'll be nice. So last year, we finished the season at nationals in Orlando and we got fourth place. Fourth place? Yeah, fourth. How'd that feel? It hurt, of course. Yeah. But... Something that like every loss hurts a little bit less as I go through this, just because something I like tell myself after every loss is it really doesn't matter what happens because one, I know that I did everything in my power to show up the best that I possibly could. There was nothing else that I could have done. Um, like when I was prepping for nationals, I literally went to the gym and to the grocery store. I did not go anywhere else. Like yeah. I stayed at my house and I just followed my routine every day. Yeah. Um, but also like if I win or I lose, I'm going to wake up and do the same thing. I'm going to wake up and do cardio, hit my diet. Like nothing really changes. You know, I plan to compete for a really long time. So it's just a matter of time. And yeah, like, I just love it. And I think when you love it for the right reasons, it doesn't really matter what happens at the end of the day. You're going to just keep going. I think my favorite thing about you as an athlete is that right there, what you just said, 
win, lose, whatever happens, like you're still going to wake up the next morning. Like you could win the Olympia and you're still going to wake up the next morning. Just like be on routine. That's what bodybuilding's about. Bodybuilding's Either way, you're still at the bottom the next day. Yeah. Like yeah. if you turn pro, well, congrats, you're at the bottom of the pro league. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't win, well, the goal wasn't accomplished. Yeah. So. Yeah. So like either way, you kind of suck yeah. on the other <laughs> end of it. I think there's a lot of people that kind of sulk in that whole turning pro relevance, sure. which like, sure. you know, I've been fortunate to be able to help a lot of people have that. And the first thing that I do now is kind of exactly what you just said. I want us to have our fun. I want us to enjoy this moment and enjoy what just happened. Enjoy the journey. But now you suck. Yeah. Like you were good and now you suck as a bodybuilder. And a lot of people, a lot of people struggle with that because they're used to competing every single year in the NPC. And it takes most people, you know, three or four years to be at a national level competitor to actually get that elusive professional status. I mean, how many people, I go to every national show and it's like, how many people do I see like yourself just grinding to get a little bit closer? I felt at nationals that it was by far the closest we've been. Um, that was my favorite look. By that far. was a good by look. Far. That was a really good look. And I, 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 yeah, I still don't necessarily agree with the outcome of that one. Not necessarily in like a, um, removing as much bias as possible. I'm not going to name drop on uh, on the show, but there were some very prominent coaches who know the division very well that you know might have wanted that to, that call to go a different way. Um, but my reality is, is like, especially with some like you, who you and I have been through so much. Oh man, when that time comes, that's going to be sick, dude. That's going to be sure. dope. So like, dude, I'm kind of like in the same boat. I'm like, hey, whatever. You know, when it happens. Another reason why, like. Losing kind of excites me because after every single show that we lost, we got 10 million better. times better. Way like better. you can compare my pictures from every single show that we did yeah. and they look completely different. Yeah. Every time you've been on stage, it's been a better look. Um, to be honest, one of my favorite looks was that universe look. Yeah. And we got yeah. killed. We got like seventh place, <laughs> eighth heart, place. My heart dropped. Not going to lie on that I was one. like watching on the live stream, but I was like. I, th I think they forgot Emily <laughs> and then they called someone else out in the first call out. And I was like, Oh, they didn't forget Emily. <laughs> you know, <laughs> even though that was the worst show I've ever done yeah. performance wise, yeah. that was my favorite show because I went to universe alone. Yeah. And anyone who knows me like during peak week, just leave me alone. I want to do everything myself. Don't don't try to help me. Yeah. So, so I, I call Emily the Slayer <laughs> because like Emily just doesn't really like fuck with many people. <laughs> if I fuck with you, yeah, like, dude, that's like, special. That's a golden token. <laughs> like that's low key a golden token. She kind of like fucks with me and Thomas and Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> Peyton the most. Peyton's definitely number that's one. That's why on I that fuck list. with Justin. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I got hired. <laughs> but I, I I I I've always appreciated like the type of body that you are because like that's the type of person I want to work with like that's a champion attitude um, where's that mentality come from like where before bodybuilding what was your outlet for the competitiveness so growing up um, I did competitive dance competitions yeah. I also played softball um, I sucked at both of them did you really I did yeah but like I put absolutely everything into them because I hate losing. Like, I want to be the best at every single thing I do. Um, like, I, I remember when I played softball, I literally practiced every single day, not just, like, our team practices, mm -hmm. but after our team practices, I would go home uh, to the softball park near my house 
and I would practice some more. Yeah. Like I knew I sucked and I <laughs> didn't want to suck. And when I found bodybuilding, like I knew it was something that I could be good at. Yeah. Um, and so I just kept. You're not a going. genetic outlier at all. No. You're very much so like right in the middle of that bell curve. I, I always talk about that bell curve of like. 10% hyper responders, 10% non responders, and 80% like right here somewhere in the middle. Like you're right in the middle of that bell curve. But what separates you and what's got you to the top of the NPC so quickly is like we alluded to earlier, it's just kind of robotic. And every single day, I'm going to get better. Every training session, I'm going to elicit more stimulus. I'm going to do everything I can with my diet and my digestion to constantly keep it on point. I'm going to, whenever I've asked you for blood work, I get that. Every single thing that you do is to get just simply get better. And like, that's what being a competitor, in my opinion, that's what it's all about. I will say you don't train near as hard as me. I've never once seen you like in the gym train, even close to, to how, hard, I'm not pro how hard I train, <laughs> <laughs> but at least you're getting there, dude, dude, before this fucking, before this podcast, me and Dominique, have you met Dominique yet? I think I've like been around her but we haven't actually like oh, had a at conversation the, uh, at, uh, um, at the, the uh, workshop. seminar yeah. yeah so she comes up from San Antonio and trains with me every week and um, she's awesome A plus we fucking trained legs so hard before this we did this drop set you know at factory they have that arsenal that's um, like uh, dual moving arsenal leg press where like each side yeah, yeah, moves yeah, independently yeah. so we finished with that we were doing single legs on it. And I started with eight plates and I was just going to do straight sets. But you know, like sometimes you just get a little wild, you just get a little frisky. And I, I finished eight sets. I was helping myself. I got like 20 reps with, with eight plates. I finished that. I got like 20 reps. And I was like, Hey, drop two, you know, I mustered out everything I could. And she's like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like this is getting real. And then with six plates, I did another 20 drop two. I did another 20 dude. That shit sucks so bad. We did right leg, left leg. Let me fucking tell you, when I was done with that, I was like, I think that was the hardest set that I had ever done in the gym. I busted Thomas on hip thrust today. That's not um, very hard to do. I, no, no, you're right. He made it very easy because he skipped him on his last leg day. I FaceTimed him <laughs> he, after. He did do machine, Smith Machine hip thrust with me yesterday. Okay. So that okay. counts for something. Yeah, so he'll probably use that as an excuse to like, well, I, you know, I didn't lose. I was working <laughs> out with Emily. It's like, no, I love when he works out with you because... Thomas is an interesting guy. Thomas is an interesting dude. I show up to the gym three, four weeks ago, and he's hitting this chest fly. I'm going to hit chest too, so I'm like, hey, you want to fucking hop in together? And uh, so we start training together, and he did the whole sack for like 12 reps or something like that. And then I go in, I do the whole sack for like 25 reps. And I look at this guy, and I was like, what are you doing? He does the whole stack for like 27 reps. And I was like, Thomas, before I was here, you did 12 reps. I showed up and you two and a half times your reps. We trained shoulders together. We yeah. were doing cable lateral raises. And, you know, I like do a ton of partials, like moving to like, yeah. it literally won't move anymore. <laughs> yeah. Thomas does his set and he just sets it down. <laughs> I said, what are you doing? He just decides he's done. But... <laughs> But he's he's, he's so like, big. Like, I know. What do you do? He's improved so much. <laughs> so I have this theory about Thomas, and I, I I think I've told Thomas about this actually. So, um, one of my good friends, Phil Viz, he's actually trained Big Rami in person, um, like at a gym up in New Jersey. I think a Bev's gym, um, back in like 2015, and. 
when Big Rami's doing like warm up sets, um, I've heard this from Phil. I've heard this from other people as well. When he's doing like warm up sets, he's already feeling pain. Like we feel warm up sets as like we're moving blood, we're getting the neuromuscular connection down pat. Where there's not pain affiliated with like super light warm up sets. He's like feeling pain in these sets, legitimate pain. And then he goes up, you know, in weight. Because obviously, Rami's strong as fuck. And he, like his pain that he's feeling with every rep is just so much more, is so elevated over what like normal people feel. Like he's an outlier in terms of the stimulus being applied on his body. I could make some some pathway conclusions based on physiology as to why this happened. It comes out of like nerve endings and things like that, in my opinion. Um, for the sake of everyone's boredom, including yours, I'm not going to get into that conversation. I, I might have like a, I might have a, someone way smarter than me come on the podcast chat about that. I think Thomas has something similar. I know for a fact when Thomas finishes sets, like he feels pain, like he's hurt. But like, if I finish my sets, like that, <laughs> I wouldn't grow. And Thomas just grows. I will say his training's way better now than it's ever been. Um, in the hack squat side by side, he posted that you fixed up for him was really, really a good. Huge difference. A huge difference. You've developed a really good eye for bodybuilding and a lot of knowledge over the past year or so. How closely do you study? Like when you go through IG, are you studying people? So there's definitely certain people that I study. Um, I don't do it as much now. Honestly, I hate scrolling through Instagram. Yeah. Um, but so before, um, like whenever I was still in school, yeah. I obviously didn't learn anything in school. So during <laughs> that time, I was uh, watching people like you, yeah. Jason Theobald, Austin Stout, yep. um, and seeing like, what are all the people at the top? What are they doing? Yep. Um, and then now, obviously, as I went through the mentorship, yeah. um, I learned a ton from that. Um, and then also just like, I love training and like, as I sent training videos to you when I first started, like my feedback was always, they're perfect. So yeah. I was like, okay, like, yeah. I think I know like what I'm doing. And yeah. so now it's just so easy for me to catch it when I see other people. Yeah. Um, and I know this is kind of like silly, but sometimes when, at the, when I'm at the gym, yeah. I like watch other people and like try to fix it in my mind yep. and that's not to like discredit them or say mm -hmm. they're doing anything wrong but it's like to help make me better like when my athletes send me training videos it's just like giving me practice and yep. watching how people perform certain movements i do that same thing still to this day i do that same thing yeah not in a judgmental way at all just in a how can we make this better? yeah we both train at gyms i, I will say fa factories um clientele is a little more elevated than I agree lifts. With that but we both train at gyms with some good training happening. There's not a lot of great training happening. I'll venture out and I'll, 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 I'll go, I'll die on this hill. The only great training I really see happening is kind of the ones who are like with us, right? Not, I mean, yeah, it's because of us. It's because we post our training. The athletes who hire TM are watching where they're sending videos. You were correcting things. You made the comment about you wanted to be a leader on TM. When I moved down to Austin, I was like, I want to be a leader in the Austin bodybuilding community. Um, what's cool about it, every single one of us are leaders in this bodybuilding community. And in Austin, at least, I mean, there's no one else even close to what we're doing um, in terms of the impact that we're having. 
people watch us. People watch you. People at Lyft that you don't even know are there watch what you're doing and they're taking mental notes. They're, they're taking reps and trying to get closer to that. Same at factory when we're there. And there's, there's an impact that comes from that. And then they follow us on IG. They're reading the stuff. They'll listen to the podcast. They'll watch the YouTubes, whatever it is. They're taking their mental reps even without being a part of the team. Like, that's impact. Just a note on, like, that impact part. So um, a few weeks ago, I had this girl come up to me at Lyft. I had never, like, spoke to her yeah. or anything. She came up to me, and she was telling me that she bought the live stream to every show I did this past year. She no was like, I see way. you in here all the time. She, she's not a bodybuilder. She's yeah. actually into powerlifting. But wow. she like just followed me so closely. So truly, like you never know who's watching you. Yeah. Never. Like yeah. that girl had never come up and spoke yeah. to me until that day, but she had been watching me so closely. Uh -huh. It's like you have impact on people that you don't even know. Dominique was talking about that today. It's like, dude, this is why you treat the janitor the same as the CEO, because also in my lifetime, in my professional career, you know how many janitors I've seen become CEOs? That was me. I was working the front desk at LA Fitness. That's the lowest job on the totem pole at LA Fitness. And now I'm the owner of one of the largest bodybuilding companies in the entire world. That's janitor to CEO. And like, you never know who's next. And what I love about what we have going on is I like, dude, everyone gets treated right. Every single person is treated right. We had, probably shouldn't talk about this, but there was one person on the roster, on TM's roster, I didn't like. One person. There was one person who had a bad attitude. That person just left over the weekend. It wasn't my client. It was another coach's client. Terrible attitude. Like, I told this coach that this person was on their last opportunity the reason being, they're walking around saying they're part of Team Haley. I know this person sucks. I know they're not good. I also believe in giving people opportunity to change. And I know from personal experience, you can become a shit, you can turn from a shit person into a great person. But it's fascinating to watch how many great people we have and how many shit people have gone through, you know, have been sifted out over the years. And it's fascinating to see, you know, who kind of rises up and elevates and who drops off because like I give everyone a chance and I'm sure like many of the others, sometimes that probably pisses you off a bit too. Cause I know it pisses off some of the other people like Justin, why are you giving these people a chance? Like they've shown you who they are. I believe in giving everyone a chance, but what I love about us is every one of us is so positive. You move down here from Auburn, Alabama. To Austin, Texas. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> you moved down here and we had some uncomfortable conversations. Do you want to elaborate on this? Uh, tell the podcast a little bit about those. So I was going to say truly, like first, you just need someone to believe in you because like that person for me was Justin, you know, like I was kind of a shit person when I moved down here. Like, you know, yeah, I wanted to coach and I wanted to succeed in bodybuilding, but it's just like my mindset was like so toxic. Like I was, I would hate to be around me. Like I was just a negative person. Um, and like when I moved here, it was actually a lot better than it was previously. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I just was, when I was around people, I would drain their energy. Yeah. And that like, it really sucks to feel like that. And yeah, it took a lot of hard conversations to get me to where I am now. It's amazing to think 
back on who you were when you moved here and now you're on the podcast. Like, dude, you want to talk about fucking growth? <laughs> Let's talk about personal fucking growth. I, a, a, everyone around us grows so well, but you were kind of the first pioneer of like this unbelievable life evolution. And you know who's next is Bella. Like Bella's doing dude, it right now too. It is so cool it's to see where dope. Bella was to where she is now. And I tell her that all the time. It's dope. Like Bella's the one who's kind of following that Emily uh, trajectory now. And like, dude, it's so fucking dope to see. So I have a question for you. When people ask you what you do, what your job is, what do you tell? I have an answer I give people and they're like, what does Emily do for you? What do you tell them your job is? What do you do? How do you explain this to somebody? People ask me this every Q&A. And <laughs> basically, I'm Justin Mahaley's servant. Like, what do you need? Here I am. <laughs> I would love to know your answer to that. I tell people that she's more Justin Mahaley than Justin <laughs> Mahaley is. Emily kind of runs Justin Mahaley. Like, you're better at being me than I am. <laughs> You make all the girl and I Instagram posts, everything on Team Mahaley IG you run. You run one of our main email accounts, two of our main email accounts. Um, you do all the clips for all the podcasting. You post all the YouTube stuff. If you're not subscribed to YouTube, you, you better, fucking better be. We just right went now. over 1.5K <laughs> in one month. I, I think I checked the views. We're like 43,000 in 28 days. I was like, dude, that's yeah. nuts. That's dope. It's it's growing fast. There's a lot more than just a podcast on YouTube. There's a ton of stuff on YouTube that Instagram's never even got a sniff. Like, there's a whole different bracket of information that's on that YouTube. Man, I got to say, I like YouTube more than Instagram. Yeah, I some, love YouTube. Yeah, some of the people are mean. <laughs> They're hilarious, though. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you think so. I was like... Damn, did that kind of hurt my feelings just now? Like I had to look, I had to look internally. Like, did they just fucking hurt my feelings? Like, that kind of sucks. That doesn't happen. It's funny much. when you have no feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait to see the clips of this podcast and how people love that. But that's what I tell people. I'm like, Emily, Emily's like the brand director. Like the brand being Justin Mahaley, and 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 you direct all of it. And then you have your own clients that you're working with as well as an online coach, and they're doing really well. You're handling posing for people as well. You're a really good bikini posing coach. You, you have you have a few competitors right now, uh, a few people you're building into competition. Yeah, you? so I have two that have never competed before yep. but are wanting to compete, and then I have one who she previously competed, and it's something that she may do again in the future. That's awesome. It's fun coaching that, huh? For sure. It's a lot of fun. There's like a certain inner pressure that comes with like, oh man, like I'm going to prep this person for a bodybuilding show. There's this huge responsibility for it. Like, dude, it gets so fun. But one of the most impactful things that you've done is you put the entire mentorship together, every single component of it. And that mentorship has been purchased by like 160 people. Like if you haven't gotten into that mentorship to to be honest, I'm just not really sure what you're doing because, like, I've taken all of the online ones. Well, I bought them, and then I started taking them, and I was like, 
no way they're charging for this. We also I cover just more added, free information on the podcast than I do in, in their fucking in their fucking mentorship. Yeah, I've never taken a mentorship like yeah. before I put this one together. Yeah. Like I learned everything I knew from podcasts, yeah. Instagram, things like that. But this one's insane. What was your what's your favorite modules on the mentorship? I know mine. My, 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 mine's, mine's the blood work stuff. Cause I know that shit changes people's lives. So I do. I love reading blood work. Like yeah. I've been on Thomas about getting blood work and yeah. I'm like, you have to let me, let me read yeah. it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I really like, for some reason, I really enjoy the cortisol yeah. modules and just like yeah. circadian rhythm, optimizing your cortisol levels. And then of course, digestion. That's yep. a pretty big module in the mentorship. Those two go so hand in hand due to the gut brain axis, which I cover in depth in the mentorship. Um, I, I am a nerd with circadian functioning. Yesterday morning, I didn't get to tell you about this. I have to get this guy on the podcast. Yesterday morning, I'm sitting at uh, Joe's Coffee Shop downtown and I have Peyton there and you know, I, I, I meet so many friends with Peyton because of how friendly he is. And I strike up conversation with these two people. Turns out, long story short, this doctor that I met, so he was the doctor. His wife is a pharmacist. He is over the entire Ivy League institution of sleep. It's like Harvard, like Princeton, like Columbia, like all those Ivy League schools. This guy's the fucking director of the sleep programs of what Ivy League schools are teaching. Slight flex, like no big fucking deal. Are you kidding? They're in Austin celebrating his birthday. Like the, the it was a remarkable conversation. So you know how I am. When I get someone like that in front of me, I'm going to, I'm testing myself and I'm throwing my theories out. And man, the greatest validation I've had this week that it can't be topped I was making him think because I've, I've put together some patterns, some pieces. You know, he, he's a doctor, so he's in the research space. We had a conversation about the disconnect between bodybuilders and research due to the fact that bodybuilders seem to always be, you know, 10 years ahead of where the research is at. And there's not research funding to bring in actual, I don't need you to bring in bodybuilders. I just need athletes. Because we're bringing in normal people and their physiology is just responding so much differently than like ours is. So a lot of this research they come out with just doesn't help us. This world of bodybuilding is so big now. It's, it's worldwide. It's in every country that has gyms and internet access. There's bodybuilding happening. You could argue, I mean, there's multi-billion dollars within this due to supplement companies, gyms, the actual, you know, federations, and we don't have any research done on us, none. And we were discussing some of that, but I was taking some of my circadian function stuff that I taught in the mentorship, running it by him, and there were a few things where he had never thought of it like that before. And I was like, oh man, I am on it, like... Did that he feels good. Disprove? No, any of he your agreed thoughts? with everything that I was putting out there. We had some deep conversations about physiology, um, but it's just simply just setting up your circadian function for constant good sleep. For people view sleep as this like end of the day thing. Oh, time to go to bed. The first thought I think of, I'm not kidding. The first thought I think of when I wake up in the morning is time to accumulate sleep pressure. <laughs> That's the first thing I do right away. Your cortisol is going to be highest in the morning. That's why we train in the morning. That's why I have my athletes do fasted cardio in the morning. That's why, uh, um, 
Elon Musk is notorious for his most important meetings being in the morning because that's when stress is the highest. The things that don't matter much, that's end of the day stuff. All my check-ins, why do I make everyone check in before 12 p.m. CST? Because you're going to get the most out of my brain. You're going to get the most from me and I'm going to get the most from you in this update. So everything, the, the more we can front load our day with the hard shit that we have to do, the better we're going to sleep at night. The more sleep pressure we're going to generate throughout the day. That's a huge deal. Matthew Walker, you listen to him mm-hmm. on Huberman's podcast? Matthew okay, Walker, I've listened to doctor. most of him, so, so I've probably come across it. If, 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 if you've listened to any of his sleep work, Matthew Walker would have been the guest on there. This guy's incredible. He changed my freaking life. But he's describing sleep pressure as simply everything you do throughout the day is either adding to or negating from sleep pressure. So caffeine negates from it. Naps heavily negate from it. But naps also negate from your ability to get into REM sleep later on. And during a nap, it's impossible to get into REM sleep. There's no hormonal functions that can come from a nap. Like, to be honest, one of the worst things you can do for your sleep quality is nap. I and hate taking naps. I literally dude, wake up in such a pissed off mood. Yeah. It, like, like, why did I just waste this fucking time? Yes. Sometimes some training sessions are so fucking hard that like I'll have to go home and I, my eyes just close and like I end up falling asleep. Dude, I wake up so anxious from that. So every, so every day I go to bed at like 830. Yeah. And I wake up at 430. Yeah. And I train at 10. I usually get home at like 12. I try to have like all of my work done by like three o'clock. Yeah. Because I know after that, like... I'm your, done for. Your brain has, I agree. After like 3 p.m., I'm like, fuck, dude. I just don't have a lot more to give. I'm getting on WhatsApp sporadically. Yeah. I'm getting on emails sporadically. That's just not a good, that's just not a good time to work. Um, but our circadian function, what people don't understand, I'm like um, overnight nurses or night shift people, graveyard shift people, whatever you want to call it. Your body's not adjusting to that. Your body's been doing this circadian function has been molded from tens of thousands of years of evolution. You're not just going to switch that because you've been an overnight nurse for two years. It, it doesn't work that way. So how do we work around that? We need to mimic the cortisol pattern, but kind of in a reverse state. And we need you to have your cortisol highest when you go into work and then lowest, you know, when, when you're coming out of work and then when you're going home for the day. It's difficult. I use adapted, like I'll use ashwagandha. So we'll lay this out for people. You wake up from your sleep and you go right into work. So that's the start of your day. Say it's, I don't know, what time do night shift nurses go in? Like 7 p.m.? We're going to call it 7. I think it's like 7 to 7. I, I think right? it's something like that. So let's say it's 7 to 7. So that means at 7 p.m., that needs to be your morning, right? Your cortisol needs to be highest then. And throughout the night, you know, it's going to drop off. It's going to come down. The issue is you're going to get off work at 7 a.m. If you go train at that time, we're going to shoot this cortisol back up. So we have to do something to bring it down faster than the natural decline of that cortisol. This is where like glycine, 1,000 milligrams glycine comes into play. You know, I love my meditative music. Like when I, I was driving here from the gym, and I, I was going to be late. I texted you. I can't fight traffic. I'm late because I I lost time during my fucking leg session. And I have my my meditative music on. I'm just chilling. I'm trying to get in that parasympathetic state. So 
when we leave the gym, we're going to have that meditative music playing. Ashwagandha, absolutely phenomenal to use. We can only use ashwagandha for so long, like more than like six weeks, just a little bit too long. Your body's going to adapt to that ashwagandha. Um, but forcing yourself to get into that just relaxed state, magnesium glycinate can be phenomenal as well, 400 milligrams there, allowing yourself to get into that relaxed state. And now we go in and we go to bed. That's a really ideal situation if we're going to practice, if we're going to be night shift for prolong, start practicing that. It can help us a ton. So yeah. I had a client who was on night shift and yep. we used um, New Ethics, Adrena Health and Cordy's. Yep. Um, so using Adrena Health whenever he had to get up in the morning and then Cordy's when he was getting ready to go to bed at night to help with that. Absolutely love New function. Ethics. Absolutely love New Ethics. He's coming to Haley at checkout to support you, boy. <laughs> but, dude, I love New Ethics. Like, their stuff's amazing. Even when I was with my last supplement sponsors, I was sending more people to New Ethics than I was. I use them for a lot. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, it's, they're, they're phenomenal. Um, A-plus company run by A-plus people, A-plus morals. It's absolutely awesome. Um, we were supposed to touch on PEDs and digestion uh, in this podcast. But the first thing I want to touch on is like for the listeners, there's people listening to this that have had digestive issues and things of the like. What was your mental approach when you've had those? Because obviously your mental is going to be a little thrown off. It's going to be a little skewed. How do you work through the mental challenges of having these digestive issues? Your stomach doesn't feel good. You're sluggish. You're not having consistent bowel movements. You, you're... When your gut is off, your mental is off, period, end of discussion. That's just how your brain works is physiology. You're not happy when you have gut issues. How did you handle and, and, and manage all of that? So first I say all the time, if I didn't shit and the sun's not out, I'm going to be pissed off. Don't talk to me. Um, but one thing, so people always DM me about their digestive issues and like what supplement can they take to fix it? Yeah. And the biggest thing that I noticed that helped my digestion is stress. And this yep. this does not just mean like stress from the gym or stress from work, finances. This like also includes emotional stress. Yep. And a big thing whenever I was living back in Auburn versus when I came here, I noticed a huge improvement in my digestion like just since I've been in Austin. And that's because my relationships back in Auburn were draining me so much. They were adding to the stress of my life. So something that I explained to my clients is we have this bucket and everybody's bucket is a different size, right? Well, all of our stressors, training, work, finances, uh, your relationships, they all pile into this bucket. Yep. Once that bucket overflows, that's when you're going to start to have issues. Um, so number one, look at all the stressors, your body, it views the stress as the same, nothing is different. Yep. Um, and then if you are actually having problems, stressing about those problems it's just going to create more of a backup and i definitely used to do that like i would freak out if i didn't have a bowel movement first thing in the morning but it was yep. because like i knew like fuck i'm gonna like feel so bad today my mental's gonna be off and it's still something that i have to work through and remind myself like this is just one day like because typically if i have an off day of digestion the next morning i wake up and it's perfect again yep yeah and so <sighs> I was just having this conversation with said athlete that uh, is no longer with the team. There's an issue going on. The first question I asked was, how often do you think about this? This athlete said, all the time. Dude, yeah, I would think about all it the time. all day. And, you know, the 
my biggest takeaway, Alston Stout was an unbelievable mentor. I learned so much from him. He loved me up so much as a coach. My biggest takeaway when I worked with him was if someone is stressing about the health issue they have, that health issue cannot be fixed. You even told me like yeah. a while back, like you thought that a bunch of my digestive issues were all mental. Were mental. They commonly are. Because with you, we had data in front of us that showed there wasn't any happening. And it's this is very common because you did have digestive issues. You had a severe case as well. You get like paranoid that that issue yep. is going to come back. Yep. And and it doesn't there's trauma that comes from that that you you it takes a while to work through. That's why I think I'm bloated all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like if any of you've seen Emily's like 20s waist, like there's never any bloat there, right? So like there's this recurring trauma that happens, but nothing was going to get fixed until you allowed your body to fix itself based on the stress level you are providing yourself. I was just having this conversation with that athlete. I sent her this very long message, nicest fucking message imaginable. Sends back, so you're telling me not to think about it? That's, that's not what I said. I said that nowhere. <laughs> I even responded. I was like, where, where did you read all of that? And that's what you took from it. When she sent that back is we've only, we only had communication two times. One was to, I hopped in to push her prep back and she was snobby about that. And then it of course was the right call. Of course. Always. Cause I don't fucking miss this shit, dude. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. I do this at a very high level for a very good living. So the second time we talk, second time we've ever communicated, she says, so you're telling me not to think about it? Is that what I said? <laughs> Emily, if I showed you this message, you said you would get so pissed off if you read this interaction. So I messaged, you know, her coach. I was like, dude, she needs to go. She's going to fuck off the team. Like, fuck this. And I walk her through again, another route, explaining how this matters what you are telling yourself is manifesting in real time. Truly, it was like when I started to like feel fulfilled in life, I stopped thinking about my digestion just because mm -hmm. my mind was focused on like what was actually fulfilling me. And then uh, like my digestion improved because I wasn't thinking about it. And then you it started so winning much. overalls. <laughs> and then you were a consistent top five on the national level. And then you built impact within people who are watching you because you're living your truest form and you're not stressing about things that are completely under control. This person sent labs. All of the labs suggest that hormones are recovering very well from the prep. I assess the protocol. There's two people on this planet that are better at fixing amenorrhea than me, and neither of them are going to take her on. I assess the protocol. Phenomenal. This is mental. This is a mental battle, and athletes don't understand that. What you're telling yourself is constantly manifesting you. If you tell yourself, I'm going to be too small, I can't have X, Y, or Z, I'm going to be poor. Uh, and when you're telling yourself these things, that's what is actually happening. Our nervous system is so fucking powerful beyond belief that everything that you manifest, every thought that we have throughout the day, you know, almost 80% of our thoughts throughout the day are negative. I had a client just That's recently. So a bunch of people, when they come to me, like 
They'll make these negative comments in their check-ins. And I actually just had an athlete, his mindset is just, it's really struggling right now. And I told him, I said, this is a reoccurring theme in every single check-in. I said, next time you have a negative thought, I want you to think of three positive yep. ones. I said, your brain is so malleable. You you can change it. You just have to decide that for yourself. You have to want to change it. And people love feeling bad for themselves. People love having a story because they get attention from that story. But I just simply love people who are real. I love people who want to have a solution. You have a problem. There's no way I don't have a solution for it at this point. If your solution is you have to stop overthinking this, the only way it's going to get fixed is if you stop overthinking this. And I mean, I can't tell you how many people, just like you just said, I've had that same conversation with you before. And look at you now. I've had that same conversation with Danielle many times. Look at her now. I've had the same conversation with Alexis Figueroa many times. She's going to the Olympia this year. I've had the same conversation with so many people. There's some people who are cut out for this sport and they'll make it because when someone gives them real coaching, they respond to it. There's other people like this person who they're never going to be anything in this sport because they're losers in their mentality. They're, they lost before the competition even happened. And like I've put on Instagram, like Ross talks about on Instagram, I don't want to work with losers. Losers can't go around talking about Team Haley. Absolutely not. Winners can go around talking about Team Haley. Your mind is so malleable as you're alluding to. You can manifest whatever it is you want to happen. Period. End of discussion. You obviously have to put the work in, but the work becomes easy when you're constantly telling yourself that you're worthy of this. I'm worthy of health. I'm worthy of having regulated hormones. I'm worthy of not having these issues I'm worthy of having positive attention for the good that I'm doing rather than negative attention for the bad that I'm doing. I'm worthy of having dopamine responses that are fueled by me helping myself become a better athlete and a better person. I'm worthy of this. Real quick, because you did an amazing write-up on this. I want to talk about PEDs and digestion, which is what we were meant to talk about in this podcast. I guess that just means you have to have me back on. I guess so. <laughs> People are going to love this podcast. There's a lot in here. People are going to really like a lot. Um, yeah, you did an amazing freaking write-up on this. One of the most overlooked factors of digestion with PEDs. So when you bring PEDs into a protocol for somebody that's very common. You're going to elevate protein there as well, as long as digestion is able to handle that. But with the elevated protein, you're commonly going to have elevated histamine levels. Um, and this is why the elevated histamine is actually why the stomach acidity commonly drops down. And which is why I'm such a huge proponent of apple cider vinegar, because if you have a high protein diet, which if you're bodybuilding, you, you theoretically have a high protein diet, If you have a high-protein diet and you take apple cider vinegar, that apple cider vinegar, it gets broken down into acetic acid in your gut. Acetic acid uh, um, works in synchronicity with hydrochloric acid, which is the acid that's commonly occurring in your gut. So when your stomach is too alkaline, that's when we get like um, heartburn or things that are like. Because the flap on the bottom of your esophagus, it doesn't fully close. It only closes after food passes through. It only closes if stomach acidity is high enough. If it's, like I said, if it's too alkaline, then it'll stay 
like open. Well, as you're putting food in there, obviously the, the stomach juices, the gut juices elevate up because there's you know, rooms being taken up in your gut. Well, if that flap is open, you get acid up in your esophagus. It shoots up a little bit, and then that's what it, heartburn technically is, right? So if you're a bodybuilder, you can instantly increase your digestion by simply adding in a little bit of apple cider vinegar. 20 grams in the morning is what I do. I have some clients that do 30 grams because that's what they need. I have some clients that do 10 grams per meal because that's what they need, and that's how high their protein intake is. What do you take? How much do you take? So I don't do any apple cider vinegar. You don't vinegar. do any. And that's just because— You have low protein intake. So, yeah, I have really low protein. Um, that's just what's always worked best for me. Yep. And then also whenever you started implementing that with a lot of clients, like my digestion was perfect during that yep. time. So if there's no issue going on, why would I just add something in? Yep. So. Yeah, I just kept it out. You're you're probably my lowest protein client, actually. I think um, one at one time we were doing a hundred grams yeah, a day. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about. Right. And I mean, right now you might even have days that are less than that with you know the way you're eating, just trying to get food in. Yeah, protein's the most. Um, it's it's like that. It's it's the mo it has the highest thermic effect, right? Which is a little bit opposite of what we want right now. Of course, protein is turned into amino acid, um, but. The amino acid demands is based on the training response and all that stuff. You know, Emily's 120 pounds. Like, it's not like she needs to pound all of this protein to get that, to get that response. Your response is great. Your training is going up every week. Your picks look better. So if your training is going up, if your picks look better, if we don't have digestive issues, we have to be growing some muscle, right? Like something has to be happening there. Um, now, the PEDs effect on the immune system. Um, I want to read exactly from what you wrote because you nailed this. The immune system includes basophils, mast cells. Basophils secrete histamine to combat bloodborne pathogens. We've all heard of histamine. We've probably all had histamine reactions as well. Some people have higher levels of histamine than others and just like have breakouts for it. Um, actually, if you have elevated levels of histamine and you add DNP in, you'll commonly get a rash from it. And like, so if I'll have an athlete actually use DNP, I'll tell them like, hey, the first, you know, three, four days, take a Benadryl at night just as a preventative measure. And obviously take it at night because it's going to make you tired as a preventative measure um, to keep the histamine, you know, at bay. There's not going to be any negative from that, even if you don't have high histamine levels. But mast cells are contained within granulocytes and they tend to store histamine, which is released if there's an invasion of a pathogen. Androgen levels are increased in the body. Mast cells become irritated, release histamine into the body in anticipation of fighting off a pathogen. As histamine enters the stomach, drives proton secretion into the stomach and increase stomach acid. Diamine oxidase, which DAO, breaks down histamine and allows it to be secreted. So through this, we're breaking down stomach acidity because we introduce PEDs. Body thinks that there might be an evasion of a pathogen. And so those mast cells, this is why our immune system gets weaker when we take androgens. Um, so supporting that immune system with glutathione, with um, NAC, which is a precursor to glutathione. I love using um, Metagenics immune defense, um, especially like right now I have a ton of athletes getting sick. Like everyone's getting sick. Um, so I love using that immune defense in people. Obviously vitamin C is, is going to be very beneficial as well. Basophils. So basophils is on um, our lab work. When we see that, means that there's an allergic reaction going um, due to histamine secretion. That's what drives the basophils up. Um, 
Increased basophils technically, they can represent chronic stress or head congestion, which can both impact sleep and digestion. I don't personally use basophils as a measure of chronic stress because there's things like, you know, CRP, which is going to be a big one. There's a stress component even to creatinine, which is a big one. Like if someone comes to me with creatinine over 1.3 and we didn't train legs the day before labs, like that's high. That's like, that's, that's a lot of protein tissue, you know, going on. Um, elevated glucose in someone who's rather lean um, is, is going to represent chronic stress. But my biggest thing is like, Hey, if you're not sleeping well, you're stressed. <laughs> so there's two quick notes I want to make on the yeah. histamine thing. Yeah. So um, DAO, the gene that produces DAO, mm -hmm. that can become downregulated by um, infections such as parasites, but also histamine-containing foods. So like a lot of people will take fermented foods like mm -hmm. um, kombucha, sauerkraut, things of the like for gut health. Well, these increase histamine. So if you're having a histamine issue... Um, they're going to be more detrimental in that situation. Also, something people may not know, and I believe this is mainly for carbohydrate sources, but whenever you cook foods, let them cool and reheat them, that increases the histamine production. And like, what are we all doing as bodybuilders? We're yep. prepping food and taking it with us throughout the week. That's a great note that you have. And that, so I don't eat leftovers. If it's not fresh, I don't eat it anymore. There's two reasons why. Number one, I noticed my digestion with leftovers was always poor. And obviously, like, yeah, as bodybuilders, like, I'm a 263-pound dude. I have a lot of carbohydrates that I need to eat in a day. And you're heating these things back. You ever just think about how unhealthy the whole theory of a microwave is? We're putting plastic which is also terrible, terrible for, for you. you. And we're heating it up in these like electromagnetic waves. There's no actual heat. A microwave doesn't actually get hot. It's just like zapping the food. I mean, come on. Like that's really, that's not good. Now I understand you got to get the job done, get the job done. However you need to get the job done myself. My family's not healthy. There's a lot of predispositions to a lot of things that I have. Bodybuilding is not healthy. Take a lot of steroids, do a lot of training, a lot of dieting, a lot of ebbs and flows in body weight, right? People will look at it as it's the minutia, but I believe over the next few years, there's going to be a massive push to get rid of plastics. I like went through this phase where uh, when I was learning about like how bad they were for you, I like threw away all my plastic containers and I ordered all glass containers even though I drink out of a plastic jug every day. <laughs> but, but so when you're heating up these plastic containers, every time you heat one up, that plastic's breaking down and getting into yeah. your food. And then you're consuming the food with the plastic, the broken down plastic pieces in it. That plastic stays in your body for nine years. The reason that these plastics are like so harmful it's because they contain, I think you pronounce it, xenoestrogens. Xeno and phytoestrogens. Yeah. Yeah, which can obviously act as estrogen in the body and lead to things like estrogen dominance. So the xeno and phytoestrogens, they'll get into your body, like what Emily's alluding to. They stay there for nine years. What they do is they're going to find estrogen receptors to attach onto. And your body is going to register this as active estrogen in the body, but it is not active estrogen in the body. It's actually 
like a CIRM. It's actually like a selective estrogen receptor modulator, like a Nolfidex or a Clomid. It's actually shutting down that component of estrogen. In a female's body, your body can absolutely overshoot, and now we have estrogen dominance because it's like, well, I'm supposed to have this level of estrogen, this level of estrogen is not happening. Here's more, more, more estrogen, more estrogen. Oh my gosh, it's not getting picked up. It's, it's just, it's total. It's not free. It's not. Or, or it's, it's, it's not actually getting used in the body. More estrogen, more estrogen, and now we have a whole other host of issues on. And this isn't even just from plastics. It's in like makeup, cleaning yep. products, things like that. So like all of these things are contributing to it. It's not just one single variable. I believe in a few years we're going to be seeing a shift, and things are going to be labeled as xenoestrogen free. There I even believe are that like some cleaning products already that yeah. are because cleaning products are some of the worst. Yeah, they're really, really bad. Um, but every time you heat up that food, you take that in, you're putting, you're putting literal plastic in your body and your body's reading this as estrogen. And there's, I mean, you look at how many health issues we have. When I first heard about this a few years ago, I was like, wow, you guys are quacky. You guys are fucking weird. No, this is really legit. This is a super big issue. And we've all heated up plastics and eaten from them. Millions of times. Another one's tinfoil. Tinfoil. When it gets put and stored for, if you put tinfoil over something hot and then you cool it down, that heat is breaking down the tinfoil and those pieces are going to be in your food when you go to heat it up and you're going to eat it and you're going to get tinfoil and, you know, inside of your body. Just thinking about that, it's just not right. So, yeah, you can sit there and you can be like, well, bodybuilders are injecting trenbolone. And all. Dude, I agree. I agree. Trenbolone has its own case of you know bad, bad side effects. It induces plaque buildup in the brain, which directly leads to Alzheimer's. I just think we need to be as smart as we possibly can and as safe as we possibly can. And some people call it hypocritical. I'm just trying to simply live the best life that I can while being a lion while doing it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, like, can I be maybe like 20 years a lion versus like 100 years a sheep rather than just 10 years of a lion? That's a really good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Like, can I prolong my lionhood? <laughs> Emily, thank you so much for coming on the Grow It Eye podcast. That was so much fun. I'll have to have you on again soon because we didn't really get to deep dive and to what we wanted to. Um, while we're talking about estrogens, I'm drinking out of a plastic bottle, so I'm probably going to go die right after this podcast. Mine's in the car heating up. Yeah, heating up, <laughs> ready for kill you two. We're dead after this podcast. It may not drops. be available for the next one. <laughs> Me neither. Someone's got to take over. You've got to step in. It's yours now. As always, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Share us with your friends and fam. Emily, thanks for coming on. You'll be back soon. Where can the people find you? What's your Instagram tag? Uh, my Instagram is just two underscores the Slayer. The Slayer. <laughs> we'll see you guys again soon. Peace.